Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beelins and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We are so happy to have with us on tonight the head coach of both the men's and women's teams for the University of Wisconsin Whitewater Warhawks, Coach Frank Barnes. Coach Barnes has been the men's head tennis coach since 2002 and the women's head tennis coach since 2003. Both teams have recently experienced some of the best years in school history. Coach Barnes is also the director of the Warhawk Tennis Camps, one of the top summer tennis camp programs in the country. Please welcome to the courtside with Beelins and Tennis Pod, Coach Frank Barnes. Coach, thanks for uh, taking some time tonight and sharing your tennis journey with all of us. Well, thank you very much. I'm honored. I've been checking out the, what you recently had on the pod, and it looks like some real good stuff, so... Humble to be a part of it. Well, I appreciate it. Um, why, why don't we kind of go back to, to where it all started? Um, we're obviously going to get into your coaching career, but kind of talk us through how you got involved in the sport. Was did the parents drag you out? Did you have older siblings that played? Talk a little bit about your uh, your uh, junior career and how it all started. Well, I kind of got started with the tennis boom in the seventies. My mom picked up a racket first. She was like a, a typical thirties. 30s mom and picked up the racket and she I was in third grade and she said uh, she wanted to go out in the park and show me how to play and went from there I went uh, kind of lived in a tennis heavy area Edina Minnesota and played for the tennis team there um, I think we got second in state one year it's a good program um, even played I remember once I they moved me up to one singles when we faced David Wheaton the stud for men Minnetonka yep. so threw me there my claim to fame is I got one game so hey you didn't get double bagel you're good you're good there man that's right <laughs> um, and then you went in, to college to play in Madison right Wisconsin Madison you went to you went I there went, yeah, I went to Madison didn't have intentions of playing but I tried out for the team anyway made it through a couple couple of days of cuts ended up getting cut um in the final rounds and uh, being at Madison I was happy to just hang up hang up my rackets at that point and wanted to be just a regular college student and uh, that was that was what I did it was a great time um, I didn't touch my rackets again until I was 25 and at that point I was like um, I was had my real job and everything like I need to get some exercise I remember in a sport I used to play called tennis yeah <laughs> You were hooked. I it full board. I was still a little tennis, tennis rat again. Yeah, now I want to talk about your transition into coaching because a lot of times, you know, maybe players will be ex-players in college and they'll um, maybe figure out they want to try to get into coaching right away. They'll take a volunteer position. Yours was a little different. You initially worked uh, as an underwriter for an insurance company for like five years, I believe, and then... Uh-huh. And then didn't you, you like went back to school and then you got your, you were an actuary for a little bit, right? Yeah, when I was, a, I was an underwriter for Heritage Insurance in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. That's where I found out what an actuary was. And I was always a math geek, so I was like, well, actually, you guys make more money. Um, it's right up my alley. I'm going to go back to school and get my actuarial degree. So I did that, took a year and a half, went back to Madison again. Um, got 
the degree and got a job right away at CUNA Mutual Insurance in uh, in Madison, uh, where I continued. So I was an underwriter for five years, got about halfway through the the ridiculous exams. I was right. loving life as an actuary, and I just stumbled right back into tennis. Um, uh, one of the guys that I was playing with as a tennis junkie, he was the high school coach at Madison West. He said, hey, you want to come after, after work and help me out a little bit? Um, it's really fun. I'm having a great time with the guys. So I did that with the boys team and, and had such a great time with it. The next fall rolled around and uh, Madison West girls coach said, hey, you want to, you know, look like you were doing well over there. You want to help me as well? So I did that and the following winter, they all wanted lessons at the indoor club. So I kind of just was giving lessons on the side. Before I knew it, I was for fun working 25 hours a week. Yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just for fun. So I'm like, well, something's got to give. Right. So at that point, at that point, um, job at uh, one of the best clubs in Madison, Summer Clubs. It was uh, the golf, golf slash country club, and the coma opened up. And I know the, the students at West were members there, so their parents were on the committee, and they said, "Hey, hire this guy. He's been doing a good job." And at that point, I talked to my wife. I said, "Hey, you ready for me to hang it up on the real world and be a tennis pro?" And she said, "Sure, go for it." <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I got the head job there, and so summertimes I was running that country club, and the uh, wintertime I was just at an indoor club, giving extra lessons to keep the money going at a place called Cherokee in Madison. So. Got it. And then how did the college coaching start to come up? Well, um, one of the guys that I used to teach... Um, he won a state title in D2 in Wisconsin, and he was playing at Whitewater. I always followed his career because he was one of my favorite students. His name is Ted Bradley. Um, he uh, was in his senior year at Whitewater, um, and he calls me up one day and said, hey, we just lost our coach. He quit. We're halfway through the season. Can you get us through? I was like, no, there's no way. I can't do after school on weekends. It's exactly when I'm giving all my lessons. And he just kept pestering me and I said, all right, I'll get you through. It was like the final two months of the season. And I did, and I just absolutely loved it. And didn't, you know, instantly knew that I wanted to do that, so I rearranged my schedule so I could do it the following year. And that's when the women's coach also left Whitewater. So the AD came to me halfway through that season and said, hey, you want to do the women's job? And I said, I'll think about it. And he's like, no, you're not thinking about it. You're doing it. <laughs> wow. So you, it, so I, it all started basically you as an interim coach just to get them through that last couple months of that year. And you yeah, haven't, I mean, and you haven't left since. <laughs> yeah, halfway through the women's season, I was like, wow, this is really fun too. Um, the men's team I inherited hadn't, hadn't won at all in 13 years. Uh, the women's team was kind of the second in the conference, so they were pretty, pretty good and won our first, uh, title that next year that kind of the taste of winning is like oh this is really fun too so I loved the, loved the men's job loved the women's job right away um, so I did that throughout the academic year and I still worked at Nacoma for a couple more summers um, until the um, once again the same AD came to me and said hey how'd you like to do summer camps I said, well, I got a pretty good gig, so I'll think about it. And once again, he said, no, you're not thinking about it. You're doing it. So he's a pretty convincing AD. Huh. Um, he's he actually the AD that has really kind of started the boom at Whitewater. Um, really strong athletic program, so he's a great guy. Um, and, and Sean, I, of course, you know, the 
Alvarez of Madison after that, and yeah. was the AD at uh, Nebraska. So uh, he was a good, good friend of mine and led me the right way in these directions. And I, uh, so I ended up taking over the summer camps, and that just ended up booming. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about those summer camps in a little bit, but um, but that kind of put me on a twelve month, um, pretty solid, you know. D3 job that kept me busy year-round out at one place, which is kind of unique for D3 coaches. These are there. Yes. Back and forth doing multiple jobs. So it's nice to be at one place as a D3 coach. For sure. And and I want to kind of talk a little bit about the coaching of the both the men and the women's team because <laughs> just talking to people in the industry, you, you coach one of them, you have enough on your plate. Um, how do you go about coaching both the men and the women's teams and I mean there's one thing of just being on the court for matches and practices but there's a lot of administerial stuff as well and, and I haven't even mentioned recruiting um, and I know you have some assistance but how do you kind of divide up time so obviously you've been very successful at both and we're going to mention some highlights in a, in a minute but how do you kind of rationalize your time and, and make sure you're giving 100% to both programs uh, instead of, you know, 50% to both, really? Well, like I said, I kind of fell in love with, with both teams for different reasons. Um, they both just, once the season is going for each, each one or either of them, I just get so involved. I'm really competitive, uh, so I want to do well. I want the team to do well. Um, but it's just really fun. It's addicting. Um, you know, you're on the road traveling um, with your assistants and your team and uh, road trips are definitely the most memorable things for the players but also as the coaches as well. I'm lucky to have a saint for a wife. Yeah. My wife Suzanne has always allowed me to spend a lot of time. She's a school teacher. Um, so she has summers off which helps the camp because I stay over, overnight at the camps but She's truly a saint and knows that I love doing it, and she allows the time commitment that you know it's pretty much every weekend all all falls to the to the end of uh, October, and then starts again in January every weekend till to the end of May, and then camp starts. So right. really, just November, November, December, the only times that I'm not gone all weekend and overnight and stuff. But. It is definitely a lifestyle. Uh, it is definitely a certain lifestyle yeah. to be a college coach. Especially. Yeah, I think I think the, the approach that I take as well is I, I think of it as one team. We're, we're more hot tennis, and the teams get along together really well. We do a trip to St. Louis together every, well, every year together. We, we do spring break together. Um, we do all of our fundraising activities together. Um, so community service, we do that together. So some of the things that you would think I'd have to do with both teams, I'm doing events this coming weekend we've got our Warhawk tennis alumni events for both men's and women alumni so that kind of stuff you can wrap into one and right the, the whole fall really the men just have two weekends they got the ITA weekend and then we host a, a scholarship school weekend for the guys and that's when our women's team is heavily into the conference season which is different than a lot of other places um, Wisconsin has their women's conference all through the fall so it's a little heavier with the women then, and then the guys go all through January and February, which is just the guys, and then the, the women start competing this weekend, so March, the women start competing again. So March, April, May is kind of tough, like, oftentimes it's, it's 
Friday, Saturday, we'll do the women's team. Sunday, it's men's matches and stuff like that. So, but it's kind of just become a lifestyle that I don't even think about. Yeah, it's you're you're basically on automatic. You've done it for so long, and you've been successful uh, with with both programs. I mean, just looking at your bio, and and the listeners can go look at um, Coach Barnes's bio on the website is unbelievable. Just on the men's program, the uh, the men have recorded ten twenty one seasons in the last fourteen years, and have earned twelve bursts to the NCAA tournament over the last thirteen years, uh, reaching the round of sixteen in two thousand seven, two thousand eleven, and two thousand sixteen. Um, as far as the women's team, uh, 11 consecutive 21 seasons, 12 straight trips to the NCAA tournament, qualifying for the round of 16 in 2010, 2012, 2013, 15, 16, and 18. Um, this is just a real Cliff Notes version of all the accomplishments that both programs have, have, uh, have, have done. So go check out the bio. It's truly impressive with what you're doing. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about recruiting. Obviously, academic success is, is obviously very important to you. You've coached 49 Chancellor Scholar athletes. Um, you know, when you're talking, and you guys are a very, very good D3 school, when you go out and recruit these kids, um, what are you focused on first? Obviously, the tennis ability, um, you know, we're, we're stating the obvious there, but you're, you're also looking for certain other things, whether it's academic success, certain intangibles, which I guess I, is, is really the question for you. Kind of go about your profile when you're recruiting someone. Well, if you look at the, the students that have done well here, a lot of real blue-collar, hard-working type of kids. Um, a lot of them don't come from, you know, from a huge financially successful like a lot of a lot of our competitors are going to the high academic Wash U, U Chicago. Um, so competing with that academically isn't there, but our business school and our, our pre med program does really attract some really strong students um, that oftentimes are looking for a state school price tag, and it's one of the best values in the Midwest if you're looking for for something like for business, uh, pre-med, our, our education program is incredible. So um, in our out-of-state, if you're in-state, it's unbeatable, the, the tuition <laughs> value that you get for academic programs. Um, but even the out-of-state uh, tuition is not not that bad, and most of those students, they have a high, high ACT and GPA, they can get an academic scholarship to bring it down a little bit as well. So... Um, but, but really, um, as far as te- tennis things that I look for, I look for the kid who puts it on the line a lot. If you go to their, if you go to their tennis um, results, I want to see someone who's played a ton of matches. Those guys have been battle-tested. Um, I've seen a lot of people who've got beautiful strokes, and they're, they're drill champs. But when the kids under the lights, it's not the same. The kids who have played uh, year after year tournaments, they tend to do really well for us right away. So, but then, then again, if you, there's exceptions to that. Some of my top players of all time, the Humphreys siblings, Don Balkin, um, Gabby Kitchell, a recent grad, they didn't play a lot of tournaments and they ended up. Um, they're all multiple sport athletes. That's another thing I look for. Multiple sport athletes who all of a sudden turn to one sport 
tend to go through the roof in college. When yep. they start competing weekend after weekend, those are the ones that, that's where they'll find a diamond in the rough if you focus on some kids that are most school sport athletes because they understand the team aspect. Oftentimes they play a team sport along, as, along with their individual sport of tennis. So, so those, I, I really get excited when I find out someone's uh, done stuff like that and they've been team captains as on a basketball team or something like that. You know, they're going to be solid. Yeah, that's such a valid point. That's a great, great point. Getting someone multi-sport athlete maybe under the radar a little bit because they haven't played tournaments, you know, year-round. So, definitely. And there's a strong argument about that when you read today, you know, our articles and whatnot about how important it is to not specialize at such a young age and to get that, um, you know, the 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 well-roundedness of being an athlete in in multiple sports. So, thank you for sharing that. Before we before we end this conversation, you have a summer camp that you know we've referred to a little bit. It's the Warhawk Tennis Camp, and it is one of the best camps in the country. Uh, why? I mean, there's a lot of camps out there, Coach. Why is yours so, so successful? Um, it's an overnight camp. Uh, they come in on a Sunday, and they go all the way through Friday, so six, six days of camp. Um, got one of the best guys. Um, I, took, I took over in 2005, so I've only been there 15 years. We've got 10 guys on staff that come and go throughout the summer that have all been there for over 30 years. Then it's almost started in 1973, so pretty soon we're going to have our 50th anniversary, and these guys have been running running it. Dave Steinbach is the, the ring leader. He's a national, the national coach of the year, high school coach of the year several times out of Brookfield, Wisconsin. And over the years, he's brought thousands of his great tennis players and kids from the Brookfield, Milwaukee area. Um, we get a lot of uh, longtime Illinois high school coaches that work the camp. We've got a really good reputation of the top from the top coaches. They not only they bring their kids here, but people from their conference know that they're here. And so we get a pretty strong attraction of uh, kids from Il- the Illinois suburbs, which is a very strong uh, playing area right. along with, with the Wisconsin Triangle that we draw from the campus Milwaukee, Madison, and Green Bay. Right. So, it's, so it's really we're getting a solid and all, all of those cities are within two hours to Chicago, Green Bay, Madison, Milwaukee. So it's a great camp location as well as our instruction. Um, and we have a college prep camp that's intended just for kids who want to play college. So that's one of our seven weeks we go all, all summer long, so we've got five regular weeks, we have a college prep week, and we have an adult camp. So, Okay, yeah, I wanted to ask if it was just for, I was going to ask if it was just for kids or for the adults as well, but typically what is the youngest uh, age that you guys start at? Um, it's officially for 12 to 18-year-olds, Okay, but we will take a 10-year-old or 11-year-old if they're a tournament player. And uh, mom, mom and dad verifies that they've been on the road, on the camp, on the road before. They're ready to be at a weight camp. It's more of a maturity thing than it is a skill level thing. Right. Um, it's definitely not a camp for beginners. Um, it's definitely intermediate, with intermediate through uh, state ranked, uh, Midwest ranked kids. Um, we've got six different levels each week, so our silver group is our top level, and those are usually kids that all have. USTA rankings and play tournaments all the time all the way down to um, our goal group is our sixth level and those are usually 
kids that play either lower varsity or high JV. Most of our our camps these days is, it's pretty much all kids that at least play varsity. Got it. And you can find more information on this on the on your tennis website, right? I think there's a tab for the one tennis game. Yep. Perfect. Coach. I'm sure you do, Coach. I know um, you're in the middle of your season right now, and you're, you're you got so many things going on. I appreciate your time. I do not want to take any more of your time doing this, but I I, I really want to thank you um, for kind of going through your journey with us. I want to wish you the best of luck with with both your teams, the men's team, the women's team, not only this year but but in the future. And keep on doing what you're doing because you're doing something right. I appreciate you too. I want you to check out the pod every time you get something new. So I know I'm going to start too. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, Coach. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. There you have it, Coach Frank Barnes, University of Wisconsin Whitewater Warhawks, both of the men and women's teams. Hope you enjoyed that. And as always, please subscribe Courtside of the Unson Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, pretty much everywhere else you can normally hear your podcast. Thanks again. <laughs>